one. Raise your hand, you'll get one. I want you to experience. I want you to really experience something. I hate it when people come to church and you get nothing. I hate it when you come to church and you expect nothing. I hate it when you come to church and you haven't prepared for anything. Take notes would be a good idea if you find anything worth writing down. Write down what you expect today. Did you expect anything? See, I want to make this a habit. I'm not going to hand out experience cards forever, but I want to make this a habit on you coming to church. I don't know how long it's going to take to develop a habit in you, but if you're not going to come expecting, then what are you lending to the service? What are you lending to the service? I was in Mexico one time preaching, and we were praising, and God gave me this vision of all of us praising, and, as the, and the group was off the chart where we were at. We were in a place called Bustamante. I think Don Ingram and Bill went there, matter of fact. We were in Bustamante, and... I told them this vision God gave me was as their praise and worship, if, if they, you know, as they were doing it, it was truly coming up to the stage and pushing back toward them. And it was such an awesome vision of what God showed me was going on. And we had a great service. As a matter of fact, in that service, a lady got up out of a wheelchair. Now, she didn't expect that, but it, wasn't, it didn't matter. It was such a great participation. She'd been in a wheelchair seven years. And it it's a participation and an expectation when they were taught, they were led, and they understood what was going on, what could happen, what is a possibility. So write down. I want to give you a chance. Use it for notes, but write down. What do you expect today? You know, you might have something going on all the time, and we all do. Everybody's story is maybe different, but it's all the same. It's different, but it's all the same. I don't care what your story is. I don't care how bad it is. It's different, but it's all the same. We're all going through. The deal is we're going through. See, the deal we, we forget to understand is Christians go through. Yeah. We're going through. We're not camped out in a place we don't belong. If you'll understand, the Jews, even though God turned his back on them in the Old Testament, they were still going through. They were going through. And it's their choice, and it's our choice a lot of times to go through some difficult things. As you can see, we're going to do a billboard series. I wonder what your billboard is saying today, but it's, Instead of making America great again, it's making God great. Make God great again. Now, I know for some of you religious people, you're not supposed to, in your mind, supposed to preach with a hat on. But if you go to Israel, even in the Messianic churches, they wear a hat, a kippah. And what a kippah does, it reminds them of who they're under the authority of. So today, I'm going to be an Israelite, okay? Today, which I'm grafted in anyway. And if I want to wear a hat, it's okay, biblically. Because I'm under the authority of God, and his hat's reminding me, make God great again. Now, I know I'll get into the disclaimer here in just a minute. Just how many billboards are there? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm not talking about church billboards. I'm talking about billboards. Think about that. Each have their own message, as you saw, but think about billboards in general. They all have their own message. How much do you think they affect your buying? Truly, it depends on what you're looking for. I don't think billboards really affect much of my buying, in my opinion, but they may. You know, you never know. The more simple Randy has told me, the better response. A more simple billboard, the better response. He should know. He's been working in billboards how long? 12 years. So he should know what works and what doesn't. Five, located at a place of higher volume of traffic. That's where you want to put a billboard. What good would it do to put a billboard... Uh, yeah, thank you very much. What good would it do to put a billboard between this little road between 77 and Von Menden? Now, during MS-150, good. But other than that, you're wasted because I'm me and my wife are the only one that use that road, I think. And I like that road because you see deer. And it just reminds me of Africa when they let it grow up and the bush gets high. I kind of like it driving through there. I'm just trying to tell you a little bit about why people put billboards? They don't put them in areas that are not high traffic. And another thing is really important about a billboard, repetition is the key. The more money you have, the more billboards you can put out, the more even subliminal effect. That it, you know, that, that's not bothering me a bit. That's why you have to watch what you're listening to, what's going inside of you, because if you don't even know what's, what it's doing to you, 
until you get into an argument with your wife, you get into a situation on the job and you don't respond properly or, or you react differently. But there's many things that, you know, that affect us and we don't think they do. Well, that doesn't bother me. Well, I look at pornography anytime I want to. Well, you can. You have the freedom to do what you want to do. Who's going to stop you? Who's going to watch you? Who's going to follow you? There's only a God that knows everything that you do. He knows you're rising up and you're sitting down and everything in between. Yes, there's a spinoff making God great, making America great. We all know it doesn't do any good to make America great again. If we don't make God great again, again. I have a disclaimer in just a minute. But make God great. It's not about making America great. I, I, I think Donald Trump's doing a good job. I'm not saying I like everything about him, but no matter who you are president, who's going to like everything about you? I'm the pastor of this church, and I'm sure some of you don't like a lot of things about me. But the truth you do know about me is I don't waver in my faith. At least that's one good truth about me. Not perfect. I make mistakes. Snap at my wife sometimes, but she snaps at me sometimes, too. That's what y'all don't see. Let me get that straightened out. The spinoff will make America great. Without making God great, America will never be great. I said never. You can pray for America all you want to. Keep praying. I think it's a great thing to do. Pray for America. But if we don't make God great again in our lives, America will never be great. You're wasting your time. You can probably, God, do something in America. No, he's saying, I've got to do something in you before I can do something in America. It's just the truth. One, God is already great. There's my disclaimer. Okay? God's already great. I know this, but until we choose to honor him, he will not supersede our will. So even though we're Christians, even though we stand for the faith, even though we at times do, we can be one of those closet Christians. There's everybody coming out of the closet except for the Christian. Isn't it the truth? Well, my faith is personal. I'm sure it is. Nobody else knows about it either. Huh? Your actions don't even portray that you have the faith. People are going to hell all around you, and you're going, it's not my deal. Yes, it is your deal. Yes, it is your deal. Your billboard matters because you represent a billboard, of course. We as individuals and as a country must honor him as the creator and Lord and comforter that he is. He's not just all those, he's not just all those powerful, mighty things, but he's a comforter. Remember, God so loved that he gave, Jesus so loved the Father that he obeyed. That's so important that you keep that in mind. Jesus so loved the Father, he obeyed. Thank God he loved Daddy. Jeremiah 32, 27 says, Behold, I am the Lord. That means he's not, there's nobody else. He didn't say somebody's equal, somebody can help me. He said, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. There is, is there anything too hard for me? I like that. God's great. Why? Because who else can say, is there anything too hard for me? Okay, no hands went up. That's a good thing. If there is, I have a challenge for a few of you in here today. There's many things too hard for me. Many. I mean, it's unbelievable. I, the, the paper and the list that I can give you is dot, 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 eternity. It, it, what do you call it? Forever. Can't do it. Whatever. Matthew 19, 26. Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is possible. With God, all things are possible. I'm just trying to tell you that I know God's great, and I want you to understand God's great. God's already great, and it, but the deal is we must make God great again. Now, not because he's not already great, but because we've kind of put him on the lower rung of things. We've kind of decided if we don't take care of certain things, God's not on duty. God's not on call. He's too busy or he's not as great as he says he is. I had a conversation with somebody the other day that really struggles with who God is. Really struggle with God. Is God really that great? Is God, does God really do what he says he's going to do? Listen, that's a, that's a challenge for lots of people in the faith especially when they want something God doesn't want and they're wondering why God doesn't do it. Number four, Romans 4, 21, being fully persuaded that God has the power to do what he promised. That's Romans 4, 21. Being fully persuaded. It's not that he's going to do it if he promised, and that was Abraham uh, being promised he was going to have a child at what, 99 or 100, whatever it was. That's a pretty big deal, especially when you're dead. 
you're fleshly dead. And God said, that's all right, it's not up to you, it's up to me. That's what we forget in all of the trials and tribulations and issues that we're going through. We have to be able to make God great again in the fact that we believe and we're fully persuaded no matter what it looks like, no matter the calamity, the catastrophe, no matter the tribulation, we have to be able to say, but with God, all things are possible. And you know what? I hate to tell some of you this, but some of the people that you're praying for may never get it right. And I don't like to believe that. I don't want to receive that. But sometimes it's just true because it's up to their choice to see the billboard you're presenting. I'm not putting it all on you because it's really not because they still have to make the choice. But one of the things that bothers so many people is Christians have diluted billboards. We could also mention all the miracles in the Old Testament, couldn't we? Man didn't do those. God did. I mean, some great miracles. Just the dividing of the sea, the, 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 the ten miracles God did through Moses with Pharaoh. I mean, there was just, just Moses being fished out of the Nile and not becoming bait to the crocodile. That rhymed, but I didn't even mean it to. God and only God could do these miraculous things. And don't forget all the miracles Jesus did. I'm just trying to build a foundation. I already know God's great. I'm not trying to convince you God's great. I'm trying to tell you and show you that we must make God great again in who we are as his followers, as his believers, as his sons. That's what our responsibility really is. Not because I have to, but because if he loved me so much, why would I not want to if I am who I say I am? So how can we make God great again? How can we do it? It begins with our own personal relationship with God, doesn't it? Does it? I mean, what if you don't do it and I get mad and say, well, D-Boy's not going to do it, I'm not going to do it. Howard's not going to do it, I'm not going to do it. I'm sorry, but if Howard doesn't do it and D-Boy doesn't do it, I'm not, that's not how I gauge my faith. My responsibility each and every day that I'm here on this planet to build the kingdom of God is to make God great again. Amen or not? That's amen. That's what it means to make God great again. See, we get all balled up and worrying about why God hadn't done what, he, what, he, what you think that you're trying to convince him to do or you think that he promised you, but he didn't promise you anything of that. He just wants to see if you'll make God great again without you making demands that he's not going to meet. You know, the Pharisees, he told them, you're asking for a sign and you're an evil, perverse generation. Why don't you make God great again? Why don't you build God, the kingdom of God anyway without receiving your sign? And then maybe your sign would show up. No, I'm not moving and I'm not going to get committed and I'm not going to get involved and I'm not going to stay the course until I make God do what I said he's going to do. Well, give up, buddy. It ain't happening. How do we know that God is this great creator and we do? How do we know that nothing is impossible with God and we do? And then on the backside of that we say, but I'll tell you what, if God doesn't do this. Who do you th- you're just making a liar out of yourself. It's impossible. Acts 5, 29 through 32. Peter and the other uh, apostles <coughs> were caught preaching the gospel. Oh, Shazam, how could they ever be there? They got caught preaching the gospel. When's the last time you were caught preaching the gospel? Anybody want to stand up and say when's the last time they got caught preaching the gospel? Friday. I did this morning to my dogs when I was outside and yesterday in Conroe. Your dogs? Did they get saved? Did they get saved? Did they get saved? Okay, just making sure. You got holy dog, yeah. She prayed with her sister in Christ to make sure she gets well. Good. What? Yesterday we um, prayed for a child who was sick prematurely. Amen. On Friday, I prayed for my, my co-worker and told him about how powerful forgiveness is and that he needs forgiveness. Father. Prayed with his co-worker about forgiveness. Boy, if you don't forget, yeah. Amen. Amen. I was at a reunion last night. Uh, I graduated in 1969, so... 
I think it's 50 years or whatever it is, something like that. I can't believe I said that. Whatever. 50. 50. Whatever. I don't care. Anyway, I had a great chance to see all, a few of those people because some of them not left, you know what I'm saying? But I had a chance to uh, minister the gospel. That's what I did. You know, because they knew me when I was, you know. But to see me now, you do what? You're, you're, yeah. And then some of them say, man, I see your church on... Facebook, and it's really awesome. Y'all go to Africa, and you know, da 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 da, da and some of it. And then some of them go, You do what? Dennis Hill? It's really cool. I said, Yeah, God can use a donkey. He can use me. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Amen. I'm right up there with the donkey, but that's okay because the donkey has a story. He has a story that he completed the will of God. See, even a donkey can be a billboard. Come on, somebody. Help me. Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than men. They were out preaching the gospel, so they got called up before the Sanhedrin. They were before the court. They were going to be in trouble. Here they are being chastised because of the gospel. I want you to hear this today. Your billboard's going to be challenged. Are you with me? You're going to be challenged. You got a billboard. It's going to be challenged. You're going to sit in. You're supposed to, you know, you're, you're, you're thinking, but God, I'm doing everything you want. Well, if that's what you're telling God, then you're doing it for all the wrong reasons. If you're having to remind God what you think that he's called you to do, then you're doing it in the flesh. So they're, they're told to shut up and don't you talk about Jesus. You be quiet. And these are the same people that had Jesus killed. Now, they have to be thinking this could be happening to us. But there's a decision that they made about their billboard that their message wasn't going to change no matter what. That's what I like. They said, we must obey God rather than man. I like that. No matter what they say, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we've been called. We're going to build a kingdom. Our message is going to be what God gave us, and we're not changing. We're not going to alter anything. This is whatever it costs us, whatever it costs us. The God of our fathers raised Jesus from the dead. That, see, you have to understand, now they start to give you a reason and a basis why the billboard can't change. This is why they're standing the way they stand. Come on, I'm trying to help somebody with a billboard today. Make God great again means you start obeying the will of God. You start living the will of God. It's not a boring thing when you live the will of God. It's very exciting. Just think, these guys stand a chance of getting whooped. And they do. But, their foundation is Jesus was raised from the dead. Now, if that doesn't build a foundation in you, then you can't have a foundation built because that's the foundation of our faith. Whom you, now listen, usually when you're presenting the gospel, you really don't go this hard. We don't like this in the scripture because all of y'all want to see, isn't God love? He is so much, what did he tell the rich man? Sell everything he had and give to the poor. And the rich man said, I don't know, that's a hard thing to do. And he goes off and Jesus didn't chase him down. But wait a minute, I want you to come back here. What did he tell the woman at the, world, at the well? He basically called her a whore and said, you got some issues. And she had an opportunity to either receive the conviction that God was giving her or turn around and walk off. And I assure you, if she would have, he wouldn't have chased her. But as a result, her billboard changed. She went back and won a city. See, things can happen. The God of our fathers raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed. Now, that's what they're doing, John. Do you hear this? They're not backing up on their message. As a matter of fact, they're getting pointed about their message now. Their billboard was not some, some, some subliminal message. It was a head-on, this is what you did. See, everything they're saying is about their message. Everything they're saying is about what they stand for, no matter what it cost them. I'm trying to help somebody here today whom you had killed hanging on a tree, which they know is the worst death you could have lived or died. God exalted him to his own right hand as a prince and a savior that he might give repentance and forgiveness of sin to Israel. We're grafted in. We're witness of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God had given to those who obey him. This is a serious stand. I think we read this stuff in the Bible and somehow we disassociate ourselves with that was then, this is now, and those kind of things just don't happen. No, you're just not in the right location. No, you're just maybe not in the right country yet. And you're in a country that's heading to some of these kind of things happening. 
but they're not even happening, and we still won't even make a stand for the gospel. What stance would you have to make to honor God? Now, I want you to stop right now. I have a serious message today. I love that. Make God great again. It's not make America great again. This hat is make God great again. Make God great again. Then America will be great. It will. Make God great again. Then your family will be great. Make God great again. Then your job will have relevance. Make God great again. Then your children will be representatives of who they say you belong to because until they grow up and develop their own faith, they're looking at your billboard. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Look at your billboard and you wonder why they're acting like you. You quit doing that. I have a bird. One of the things he says is, quit that, quit that. He says, I tell that to, used to tell that to Cato before Leticia stole him from me. Stole my dog. I used to tell that to Cato, quit that, don't do that, again. quit that. Cato, my bird goes, quit that, quit that. I always look at him and go, I'm not doing anything. What stance would you have to make to honor God? Are you willing to be made fun of? Are you willing to be flogged? Christians are being run over and mocked in this country because our faith has been diluted. It's really sad when somebody says they're a Christian and everybody just gets around you know, on TV or somewhere and goes, oh, you're one of those fools. And the reason why is because we've said, we've, 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 as the old saying, we've talked the talk, but we don't walk the walk. Our billboard says one thing, but our lives say another. And people go, yeah, they got the billboard, they got the cross, they wear the T-shirt, they wear the hat. I mean, if you looked at them, they it. But I'm telling you, they can really give a rip about anybody. And when they get around the world, what do they do? They act just like the world. They're profane just like the world. They get drunk just like the world. And if it's not drunk on alcohol, then it's drunk on whatever the world else it's offering. And I'm not talking about drugs. I'm talking about just the world. We're intimidated by what? I'm going to tell you one thing that intimidates parents. Can I meddle just a little bit? It may not be part of preaching, but it's good. Our, our schools intimidate our, parent, our parents. They tell you to have your kid up there at 5.30 in the morning, and you're foolish enough to have them up there at 5.30 in the morning. They tell you that your kid's going to be out till midnight, and you don't care if they have to get up the next morning and do a test or anything else. You just go, okay, that's what the school says. See, we have got this thing backwards. Because we don't stand. Well, you know, your kid is going to have to be, uh, they're going to they're practice on Sunday morning. Okay, well, you know, that's because he, he possibly might be an NBA or he might be an MLB or he might be an NFL. Are you kidding me? If he was ever going to be, do you think anything they can do can cause it? It's something that God's going to do that's going to cause it if they'll make God great again. We're depending upon the wrong source. There's only one, but we've allowed one as parents my son and me were talking the other day. And he was telling me, who's that school think they are? I go, I don't know, but they've convinced lots of people. They've got a lot of power. They can tell you, my kid will be up here, and I'll be blessed, God, if you don't have him up there like a sheep going to slaughter. Tell you, your kid, and you know your kid's wore out. They can't stay out that late, but I'll be blessed, God. Little league's about as bad. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. You stop having those games so late on a school night and tell your kid, you, my kid's leaving at 7.30. I don't care who's winning. No, and I don't think that's wrong. I think our parents have forgotten. I don't know if you want to be in charge anymore. I think you want the school to run your stinking kids. Your kids aren't stinking. They'll take that. <laughs> when I did this, there's a camera right here for Facebook. I'm just teasing Facebook. I don't know if you want to be responsible for your kids. You know what the schools are wanting to do now all over the country? It's starting up north. They want your kids at two years old. It's the truth. I'm not, this is not, this is, this is, I'm, I've heard it and I've heard it again recently. They're wanting to grab kids at two years old because they can indoctrinate them with garbage that you can't get out of them. The problem is we're not raising our kids in the right way. 
We've already given them to the schools. We've already said, what, the teachers have more knowledge than, do they have more knowledge than you in the faith? If they do, my God, they're not using it. Does a coach mean more to you than God? Well, you know, I don't want to make them mad if they're my kid and won't get to play. I know I did that. And my daughter didn't get to play. So, I got mad about it. But so, I'd rather walk with God than play anything anyway. What is, you, what is any sport you ever, what are all these guys that you look at on TV and, and the names that they've made in the world? What is it going to count for? You know, they're tearing down statues from our Civil War and all these other things. Do you understand that someday, this is going to hurt some of you in here, Michael Jordan's statue will be torn down because somebody will find out something about him that's not right and he can't stand either. Statues are made to be torn down. Because there'll be a generation come up and say something about him that we didn't know. It's just the way it is. Because the flesh is never satisfied. There's only one hero. All heroes die except for one. You better hear me. Am I right? All heroes die except for one. intimidated by our schools, our employers, and I got saved. I've told you this story before. I got saved, and I went in, told the head coach, I don't care what you do, but I got to be at church on Sunday. What? You know we work at 8 o'clock till 5 on Sunday? And I said, well, I'm going to church at 11. That's where I was going to church. I said, I got to go to church. Well, then you know that's going to put everybody else up here later on in the afternoon, putting pressure on me. You know what I said? I'll see y'all too. <laughs> he told them they could all go home. They was all mad at me for a long time, but it never changed. They got used to it. Come on, somebody. I think some of them even went to church. Nothing else to do. <laughs> Employers intimidate many of you. Well, you know, we're really dependent on you. I know you are. You ought to depend on God. If you'll make God great again, your, your, your business ought to really flourish. You quit depending on me. I can't make your business great. I'm only a steward of what you've given me authority over. How about the government? My God, are we intimidated of the government? My God, don't say IRS in here. All of you will start going, are they here? <laughs> I agree. I think there are not all of them, and I don't know, but just the whole thing has made all of us scared about the IRS. It really has. There's not a one of us in here that they couldn't audit could find a problem with you. Now, I'm sitting because none of you do it perfect, and neither do I. And they'll find a way. They audited Don Babin one time about his ministry. They told him he had to pay $5,000. He didn't cry, but he just paid $5,000. Why? Because he knew if they kept digging, they're going to find imperfection. I'm sorry, but you're going to find it. You, you make mistakes. You're not trying to. As a Christian, do you think we try to undermine our taxes the bible says render unto caesar the things that are caesar's and how can you tell it caesar's because his picture's on it i don't have time for that story if you miss that make god great again what if you took a stance against that put you at odds with the world now you stood up all ago so what's the last time you took a stance for it that you had to stand up and go well that's the way it is Huh? Ain't nobody standing now, is there? Huh? When I was coached at this school, I have a file on me at this school because I stood for Jesus. I did. I stood for Jesus. I was hammered. I'm not mad about it. I was hammered. I was written up. I was called in. I, I was given a false evaluation. I mean, it was crazy. But I didn't back off. I stood. Just because I'd opened a church in this town, I went through it. It's okay. I was supposed to go through it. I was the guy that was supposed to do this. I was the guy that could, because of the grace of God, could handle it. I couldn't handle it. I mean, I couldn't handle it. The grace of God handled it. 
It's in your life when you finally decide to make that stand and your billboard is more than just a hat. It's more than just a sign. It becomes an action, an activity, a, a manifestation. That's when it changes lives. Well, you know, my family, I got to be careful when I'm around them because if I say too much about Jesus, they really get convicted. Well, maybe they need some conviction. You wonder why they don't change? Because you hadn't changed. Yes, it is. I mean, we don't mind talking about sports. We don't mind talking about the weather. We don't mind talking about fishing. We don't mind talking about the buck you killed. We don't mind talking about your kid hit a home run. We don't mind talking. Da, 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 da. But when it comes down to it, I just want to talk to you about something. We've been friends a long time. You're my dad. You're my mom. We really, I just want to know, have you really been born again? And I'm not trying to judge you, but I just want you to know how much I love you. You ever done that? When's the last time you did that? You say, what if I drive them off? Where are you going to drive them to? They're already going anyway. You might give them a stop sign. You really might. Listen, a stop sign is a great thing to have in your life. I had one. I had a great stop sign. I had many before, but I didn't know they were there. You know what I'm talking about? Do we have that video? Could we, could we do that right now? I just want to let you look at this. see the folks are uninhibited and you come to a church and people get inhibited I take you to that concert right there and I'll tell you some of you in here be on the stage don't shout me down when I'm preaching good when I went to concerts before I was saved I was on the stage I really broke into a stage one time got on and danced with the there were a stupid little group called three dog night and I got on the stage with them it was really crazy they didn't throw me off, thank God, because everybody else joined the stage too. So I know how it is to be crazy. I know how it is to act foolish. But did you see that? Did you see anybody ashamed? Hmm. They're uninhibited. They got a billboard working because he had a billboard working. That billboard affected them. Going crazy over a song and a man which offers nothing toward their eternity. I don't know what she said, but I guess it was good. Well, they could harmonize, but I don't know about how good they were. <laughs> Mama told me not to come. You remember that song? Smoking dope, whatever. God Almighty, help me, Jesus. No shame. No thought on how this could one day affect this night or their eternity. Nothing. No way that they were thinking none of this, any of this could affect what their life was going to do the next night, how it was going to affect their children, how it was going to, you understand what I'm saying? Just, just live in it. Just, I wonder why we don't understand that. If we'll do that for the world, what's wrong with us doing it for Jesus? I don't understand. We have the greatest answer that's ever been given on the planet, and we're afraid to say it. We're afraid to use it. We're afraid to let a billboard. Listen, you've got certain kinds of billboards. Some are lit up and some aren't. <laughs> y'all miss that y'all miss that some are lit up and some aren't you, whichever one you are figure it out if God is going to ever make America great again it'll be because we make God great again yep. somebody say amen. amen it's the truth make God great again I'm wearing a hat that says that but that doesn't mean God's great again in my life I have to make God great again what does it mean I have to give him the right authority that he has because he bought me with a price and I'm his to represent that's the truth. Where does it stop? What does, your billboard, what does your billboard say about your life? 
Does your billboard change when you go change positions, circumstances, locations, situations? Obey God rather than man. Last night I was at a reunion. All the guys I used to be with, and I'm not knocking them. They're great guys. I loved them all. Nobody got plastered, but they were all drinking long necks. Most of them. Not all of them. Some of them were Christians like me. And some of them that were really great guys in high school and didn't drink or anything were there. The guy I told you about that was the only Christian I really knew in high school, Richard Rhodes, I got to tell him finally the impact he had on my life. He was there. My wife got to meet him. We took a picture of him. I mean, we got, I mean, he's really great. The only guy, and I've used him many times in this church to tell you his billboard made an impact on me. He never told me anything about Jesus, but I'm telling you, his life lived loud. He lived loud in the faith. Not because he condemned or... Con- he just... But when you got around him, I'm telling you, quit cousin. He didn't tell you to quit cousin. You know? You quit talking stupid. You quit talking about the girls. <laughs> you did, because you were around Richard, because he was somebody different. It's the truth. I would pray we would be like that. Obey God rather than man. This means look at the truth of God's word, being led by the Holy Ghost, and be who he said you are, not who you say you are. I'm so sick about hearing everybody tell me how much they know. Well, if you know everything you said you know, how come it hadn't changed your life? Because it's head knowledge. It hadn't ever sunk into your soul. Because if it did, your billboard would have a different color. Different message. Yes, at times there are consequences for making a stand for God. Is that right? There's a consequence. I'd say if there's not a consequence, you're probably not making a stand. You know, one of the things that makes us most, most uh, it's, it makes doing this most difficult is many of you are afraid of losing friends. You have so many friends that are lost, and there's nothing wrong with having lost friends, but you still run with them and do the things that they do, and you still talk the way they talk, and you still want to put on the, th- the fact that you believe the way they believe, but you know you don't. But you don't know what to do because they're really your good friends. Well, what is Jesus? He sticks closer than a good friend. consequences for making a stand, but what if they won't like me? What if they won't include me? I don't know. I think it's something that you've got to get to a place where that you're, you're okay with that, that your identity is not found in who accepts you or rejects you. The fact is Jesus accepts you. He doesn't reject you. That has to be the theme of who you are. You don't have to tell anybody that, but it has to be the place where rejection no longer is the foundation of what drives you into compromise. Isn't it true? I just want everybody to like me. Can I tell you something? Everybody's not going to like you. As cute as you think you are, and as witty as you think you are, and the way and as you dress so cool, your shoes are so fine, your glasses are better than everybody. I mean, you got your car, you drive. It doesn't matter. Everybody, they're either going to be jealous, envious, or use you. If you're in that mentality. Am I wrong or right? John 1, 12. But as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. This is how you have the message. Even to them that believe on his name. The receiving here, this is what this means, is to exit from one family to enter into another. So when I receive Jesus... I come out, come out of the family of Adam into the family of Jesus. Therefore, now I begin to represent. I begin to manifest. My billboard message says, make God great again. That's what it says. And the truth is, if I'm living my life large in God, it says it for itself loud. I don't have to say it loud. The guy that preached here several years ago from Humble, Texas, he's a preacher now, has a church in Houston. He told y'all that I lived loud. I lived my faith loud. And I did. I told you what I'd do. If somebody says, what's up? I'd say, Jesus. What freaks everybody out? Oh, my God, he said Jesus. No, just that saying. So they would never ask me, what's up again? No, it's the truth. Don't ask him, what's up? My God, he's going to say that name again because that name's like a bomb dropping. It's telling everything the enemy's doing. I got control here. 
That's why it's so, so awesome to say that. What's up, Jesus? Oh, my God, did he say that? I thought he was going to pass out. Head coach used to ask me. After I started saying, he quit asking me what's up. It's really crazy. Nobody will ask you that anymore. Don't ask him what's up. Ask him how's it going or something. But don't say because Jesus is up, right? If he's not, we're wasting time here. The rapture's happened and all hell is fixing to break loose. <laughs> Y'all ain't missing that? Yeah, we're still here. We, he better not have showed up. It's kind of like that picture of my wife. I told you she has on her billboard. There's a little bitty island. The ark is floating away and the dinosaurs are going, oh, is that today? <laughs> they can't swim, obviously. <laughs> The receiving, when it says as many have received him, means you went from one family to another. From the Adams family to the Jesus family. <laughs> I wish that I had that going right now. <laughs> well, if we were the Adams family. We could do all that weird stuff. Isn't that right? Because we acted that weird, didn't we? See, people think Christians are weird, but the real truth is the Adams family was weird. We did all that crazy stuff and was proud of it. We let the weeds grow high in our yard. Don't shout me down. I'm not talking physical. You got to get a hold of this. Didn't we? We could do all kind of magic, we thought. Hide lots of things and keep it secret from many people, we thought. Come on, I'm, tre- I'm preaching right now, but you're missing this. That's the Adams family. But we're not in that family anymore. Come on, somebody. Huh? Believe means a reliance upon my now and eternity in this scripture. Oh, my now. It says, to him, as many as received him, to him he gave power. We know what the power is, the Holy Ghost, to become the sons of God, even to them that believe. That believe means reliance upon my now and for my eternity. And if I would really get a hold of this instead of looking at me like a calf at a new gate, then we'd walk out of here and win this city in a hurry. We've been here almost 23 years. This city ought to be in revival. Revival is not winning the lost. Revival is the found acting like they're found. That's revival. And then the lost will get saved. It is really awesome when, with so much technology, isn't it? There are billboards that are computer operate, and they scroll through different pictures that represent messages. You ever seen them in Houston? It's, they just scroll through. It's really cool. This change, somebody click. I don't know, some weird old situation. I don't know. It's way past me. I think sometimes we're like this. What our billboard message represents depends on the crowd or the circumstance we're in. I can change my billboard. Huh? Boom. <laughs> huh? Depends on who I'm with. Depends on who I'm talking to. I can talk foul. I can tell a dirty joke. I can look at pornography. It depends on the group I'm in because I don't want to offend anybody. We're so sensitive in the world that we've forgotten that Jesus was the only one that truly came to offend. He did come to. You say, well, he didn't come to. Okay, well, then ask the Pharisees, did he offend them? Ask the religious of the world, did he not offend them? Ask all of us that were stuck in sin. Listen, he wanted to offend and convict to the place where you knew that there was only one answer, and it was him. <laughs> Matthew 15, 8 through 9 says this, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain, and their teachings are but rules taught by men. That's religion. That's religion, and you'd be surprised how many people love it because they're out of control. They don't want any responsibility. Their, bill, their billboard is just like the parents that have the school in control of their kids. Their billboard is, Lord, I don't want any responsibility. We've learned how to regulate this thing, and we go through it one through ten every day or every Sunday, and we get to do nothing but say, amen, and so be it. And blessed unto you, whatever. All they're doing is waiting to get out and see who can get there quick enough to eat quicker than everybody else. That's religion. 
The Bible says it nullifies the power of God. But we like religion. You know why? Because we got a set time when we get out. We got a set time that we know every song. We know every situation. We're not, I didn't have it written down to ask people about standing up and doing a little testifying today. I mean, who in the world is going to let people stand up in a church and say something when you don't know what they might say? The remnant church. That's who. That's who. Reason why we don't have a bulletin, because I don't know when. We've been doing our services a little bit different. Offering comes at the end. Some of y'all, that's twisted sister to you. What? Doing offering at the end? But I don't know. It may change next week. End of this service may change. I don't know what's going to happen at the end of the service. I haven't planned it. I just planned the sermon. And if he doesn't like it, we'll change it. On the run. I think we have many lip sync billboards. They look religious but act like everyone else. You can mouth that Christian song. But you're acting like everybody else. You're a lip syncer. Come on, somebody, help me. How come ain't nobody being cool with me today? Y'all acting like y'all don't know me. It's because I got, this ain't make America great. It's make God great again, D-boy. Get, quit y'all looking at this. It ain't even red. Second Timothy 1.12 says, For which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. Say that. Maybe you'll get that before we leave today. For I know who I am believed and persuaded. Say persuaded. persuaded. You know, it didn't take much. I think I was in the 10th grade. My wife was in the 9th. I got to go out only on one day legally with her. And we were at this dance in Angleton, Texas at the Brazoria County Arena. And we were dancing along there and all of a sudden, lightning struck. I kissed her in the mouth. And I'm telling you, it almost knocked the boots off that I was wearing. I'm not lying. I mean, no, I'm serious. Y'all can laugh all you want to. Maybe you never experienced that. But I'm telling you, I kissed her, and I knew heaven came down and glory filled my soul. She'll tell you, didn't you feel the same way, honey? Tell them right now. What'd she say? And I know I'm not the only one in here. When you kiss that person, I mean, you kiss that person. I ain't lying, I'll never forget that kiss. I mean, I was like, my God, am I ever going to recover from this? Huh? Why? At that point, I was, Bruce, persuaded. Come on, somebody. Jesus gave you more than that kiss. Then how come we're not more persuaded? That's a heck of a kiss. I still love my wife. She knows that. But that's not the same kiss Jesus gave me. He's able to keep that which I've committed to him against that day. So what is the message your billboard is sending? First, 2 Corinthians 1.20, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are what? They're yes and amen. They're yes and amen. So why is your billboard covered with all kind of, what do they call it when there's many things on a billboard, collage, is that what you call that? Is that what it is? Our billboards look like that. They don't have a single message. There's a message here and a message here and a message here. And there's, got, there's too busy, as Randy would say. It's too busy. You got too many colors. They can't see it. They're going by fast and all they can see is confusion. That's your billboard. Depends on your situation. Depends on whether you're mad, angry, or sad. Leave it out happy because that's a circumstance and another one that you have to depend on instead of joyful. The amen is your MGGA. Make God great again. The amen. So be it. What really has your heart, you will stand with and for. What has your heart? Everybody goes, man, I love my kids more than anything in the world. Wrong. You're wrong. Don't you love your kids more than God? If you're a Christian, God don't like that. I don't know what God might do to get your attention about that. Don't you love your kids more than God? Don't you do it. Don't you put your kid before you and God. It's not a good thing. You're a Christian. 
He loves you, but he wants your billboard to say, I love Jesus more than anything because I'm going to make God great again. And if I do that, then my kids will grow up okay. At least you won't grow up and say, why didn't I do this different? And if you didn't do it right, it's okay. Ask for forgiveness and start working with your grandkids and start working with some of these other kids around this church and loving them and encouraging them. You don't sit there and mully grub and say, well, I, I, you know, I, I did it wrong, so I'm forever going to be condemned. No, you're not. You can't be condemned. Romans 8, 1 said it's impossible if you're a Christian. You can't be condemned. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians 4, 1 through 3, Therefore, since... Through God's mercy, we have this ministry. We do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, I want to do a message on the contrary. By setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Now, that's a billboard, isn't it? Is that you? Do you get up in the morning and think the responsibility I have is to build the kingdom of God in every man that looks at my life? even though they might pick it apart and I might be condemned or convicted, uh, condemned by the world for doing what's right, that's okay. You're just taking this Christianity, John, a little too far. Good. Good. When are we ever going to take, we've never taken it too far. Our whole life is to never, never, never offend anyone. I just don't want to, if you're a Christian, you offended me. Well, maybe have you thought about that it was God speaking through me and God offended you. I love it when somebody comes up to me after the service and says, man, you really got on me today. And I said, I didn't get on anybody. I don't have your name in my head when I'm preaching, Junior. It's God got on you. Take it the way God gave it to you. I don't even know where most of you are in your life. I love you. I prayed for you. But bless God, when he gets on you, it's him getting on you. I know, well, I can go to this other church and so be it, and God shines a light on you and me too. All right, see y'all. You can do that. You can. You can get up and have somebody three points in a poem, somebody make you feel good, stir your heart a little bit. Oh, I almost cried in that service. Everybody loves me up there. I want to be friendly, but I want to tell the truth. You understand what I'm saying? I'm going to be friendly, and I'm going to love you, but let me tell you something. I'm praying for you. You may not like how I pray for you. You might want to clap, but you may not. Because I'm praying for you in a different way than you think. I'm not praying for your will to happen. Come on, son. No, you don't want to clap. You better quit that clapping. That means you're saying amen. I don't want what you want. I want what God wants for you. The reason why you're not getting what you want, because you don't want what God wants. That sounded mean, but it really wasn't. Commend your, do you ever thought about that, Robert? You commend yourselves to every man's comp, uh, conscience so that every act you do, you think about how is that going to affect the kingdom of God? No matter what it costs you, no matter who it takes you away from that you wanted to be popular with or who it puts you with of low degree. I'm shouting now and I'm preaching good. And I didn't get one amen out of that. Now, when you have to beg for them, they don't mean anything. His message on the billboard is in this message is in, in Paul. This was Paul. His message. And almost all the disciples didn't change except for Judas. They never had it anyway. It was M-G-G. We're going to make God great again. Why? They all died an early death except for, for John because God wanted him to live a little longer. They all died an early death, and they didn't change their message. They didn't change their message. His message on the billboard is MGG at all cost, at all expense. MGG, if you won't stand in the middle, you won't experience the much. Remember Hananiah, Misael, and Azariah? You remember them? Who are they? 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But their Jewish names are, and I didn't have to read them, I know them, because I'd rather know their Jewish names, and I just don't want to know their Persian names. They were Jews. You remember what happened? Their billboard, there was a billboard put up of Nebuchadnezzar. The whole area has to bow before when the trumpets sound. But they had a different billboard to stand for. And they're the only ones that didn't bow before that sound. And as a result, they were put into, you know the story, put into a fiery furnace and God showed up, Jesus showed up and saved them. Why? Does it, does it always happen that you get saved? Yes, but sometimes not in the natural. Come on, help me. Help me preach here. Yes, you always get saved. Yes, come on, stay with me. He always shows up. Why? Because he never left you in the first place. That's it. You say, well, I didn't get through the fiery furnace. Yeah, you did. You're standing on that street of gold. What do you mean you didn't get through the fiery furnace? You ain't got to worry about that headache tomorrow. You wouldn't get rid of it anyway, so God delivered you from it. One way or the other. I'm almost through. I'm kind of preaching too long today. Y'all getting anything? Trying to get you a billboard working here and make God great again. I was going to get this embroidered, but I didn't have time. Because I like things to look nice, and I think this is kind of cheap looking, so I'll have to get one embroidered. Daniel 3, 7. So as soon as I heard the sound of the horn, the flute, the le- you know what happened. Toot, toot. As soon as somebody tells you to walk away from God because you know what, you're being a little bit different than everybody else, you got a chance to either bow down or go, no, my kids ain't doing that. No, we're not doing that. No, I'm sorry, but we're not involved with that. No, we don't believe that way. Instead of going, well, I don't want everybody to think I'm a weirdo. Think I'm a weirdo. It's okay. I'm not a weirdo. I'm a Christian. Christians aren't weirdos. We're Christian. What's wrong with being a Christian? I love being a Christian. It's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. I don't feel like a weirdo. I feel excited and alive. Before I was saved, I was never alive. I was dead. I told this somebody the other day. If death catches me, it's going to have to find me because I'm running. I'm running in the will of God. Are you listening to me? Some of you still sitting. You've got to quit this sitting mess. If you're not serving, you're swerving. It's the truth. You got to start serving. You got to start getting after it. You got to start building the kingdom of God. Well, you know, I don't know. You can just do this church stuff too much. Okay. I guess Jesus the cross, he should have said, this is a little bit too much. I've done been whooped till my guts hang out. My daddy can't even recognize me. Matter of fact, he's fixing to turn his back on me. That's about enough of this stuff. I think I'm done with this bunch of hooligans I know are going to, how they're going to treat me. Even when I rise again, they're not going to believe. Yes, they were thrown into the furnace. Yes, God saved them. Yes, he always saves us, not just the same way. <laughs> so the sign on the bill, their billboard was, MGG, make God great. No matter what happens to us, y'all will remember we stood. What are they going to remember about you and your billboard? Is it going to look like this? You're a walking, make God great again. You're a walking, make God great. You leave here and you go, you know, that that sermon there, I don't know. I, I told Jan today, I said, we got many people that come through here and they love it the first time they hear the truth. They go, my God, that guy, Pastor Kobe or me, they just go, I can't believe they preach like that. Man, I love that truth, and I love what, man, that, that man, because <coughs> it was some for somebody else, you know what I'm saying? Man, he was really hitting those people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then the next thing you know, about, they stay about three weeks. The next thing you know, a couple of them start going center right between their eyes, and the Goliath inside of them is going down. And they know the last act's going to be that the king is the king named David. The spirit of David is going to have to cut their head off so they can see. <laughs> so they don't come anymore. Why? Because they likes their sin. They like being popular. I know I said popular. It's a plant. It's really a tree. 
But I like to say it because it sounds good. I like to say weird stuff like that. I done told you I know more languages than y'all ever know because I make them up myself. <laughs> I would if I had time one of these days. One of these sermons ought to teach you some words. Really, I should. You'd love it. You'd go home and start telling your kids like that. And once you teach them all this stuff, they go, wow, I'm spiritual. <laughs> not really. That's not true. <laughs> I had to do that to them. All right. Did you get something today? Yes. Got your billboard working? <laughs> <laughs>